I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet test spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I'm coming to you from a very gray Toronto, Ontario today. And joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch, balls all over her face, in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. It's taupe, the sky, not the balls. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> friends, this is episode 200 and, oh God, 237? Is that where we're at? That's... Uh, you know what? Make up whatever number you want. Whatever fucking number you gift... want, go with. <laughs> it's a good gift to you, listener. Follow your bliss. We are putting control in your hands. You can just renumber the podcast now. The numbers don't have any meaning. They haven't had any meaning since we went to this ridiculous Facebook audio format. But if you would like to listen to all of them, however many of them there are, look up Geek Down Podcast wherever you get your audio content. Apple, Google. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. I keep changing up the order. I can never get the flare right, but... That's okay. I like it. I think it's good. Wherever... You get them all in there. Wherever you get the content, you look us up, you give us a follow or subscribe, maybe a like, like and review while you're at it. That would be nice. Some stars. Some stars would be good. It moves us up whatever little algorithmical sorcery puts podcasts in front of people's faces. I'd like to be in front of more people's faces. Wouldn't you, Caitlin? I mean, as someone who has a bunch of balls, yeah. <laughs> it's putting those balls in everybody's faces, not just Caitlin's. But whenever you get that content, when you click follow or subscribe, you don't have to do anything else. Because this podcast and the balls will be brought directly to your face by a man who always delivers them gently and with respect from the back of a rainbow-maned alicorn named Philip. It's your man's... Chauncey Frostilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf, and Ball Deliverer. Girl, he just wants to throw those balls directly at your face. But like nicely and in a fun way. It's like a, it's like a ball pit, but sanitary. Exactly. Oh man, that would be great. <laughs> a sanitary ball pit. Yeah. Is that how we're? Is that where we're? Where our next hustle is going to be, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> put, put that on the board. Uh, formula for a sanitary ball pit are ball pits another one of the things that are just gone post-pandemic oh yeah like i was talking to someone about how we she she couldn't believe that she'd ever been on a bus without a mask before <laughs> like she's like how has this not always been a thing have i how have i not been sanitizing my hands constantly or i talked about the time during the pandemic when i was really really tired i'd taken the bus home and i wasn't thinking and I hadn't sanitized my hands because I was going to wash them when I got home. And my eye was itchy. Mm. And I rubbed my eye. And I was like, oh, God, I've got the COVID. Oh, God. Why? Why would I itch my eye with these gross, filthy COVID hands? Uh, so, yeah, there are a lot of things that I think are just out now. Yeah, and I... I what kind of put that all in perspective for me was I saw like, I don't know, a tweet or an Instagram text post or something that was just kind of like, when's the last time you had a cold? Because uh, yeah, I have not had my seasonal cold 
I have not had one in like two years now. Turns out washing your hands and, you know, not like picking your teeth the second after you step off a bus is like. <laughs> <laughs> or just like not having people blow their sick breath into your face while they're talking to you. Turns out uh, it yeah. actually does wonders for your overall, you know, immune system. Yeah. I mean, the the news has talked about, you know, flu numbers being down. Right. Um, but yeah, no colds, no coughs. No, no flu for this one. Um, also, when I watch things now, and it was set in the distant past, like, you know, three years ago, and they're sharing food <laughs> or, like, a drink, and I'm like, oh, God, that's yeah, it. It's going to be it's gonna be a rough time for Benihana next year, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, speaking of, like, moments, like, moments in time that you, like, forgot were moments in time, I saw some TikTok, just my least favorite phrase on earth now it used to be like i saw a tweet the other day but now it's literally like i saw a tiktok um but it was like you know you can duet on tiktok where you can like you know commentate on another tiktok um and so it was basically just some guy screaming about like no i don't want to do it again i didn't like it the first time and it was a he was commenting on this girl who was in like a zoe deschanel jumper dress and was like reject modernity uh embrace 2008 2012 twee culture but it wasn't that. It was the background music was that one fucking Vampire Weekend song. Oh, my God. That was like, you want to put me back immediately to, like, the year I met Caitlin at Major Canadian Retailer? It's that fucking Vampire Weekend song. I was like, oh, my God. I did not even realize that was a discreet era of my life. But apparently it was. And I agree with that, fellow. No. <laughs> do not. Friends, if you have thoughts on twee culture in general, hit us up at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That's where the show lives on the social meds. The only place the show lives on the social meds. I don't think we're ever going back to Facebook. Uh, I mean, I'm never going to say never, but yeah, never. <laughs> it is highly unlikely. Friends, if you want to invest in the creation of our own social med network, uh, don't save your money. Because it's also not going to happen. It's also not going to happen. ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod if you just have too much money burning in your pocket. But I would encourage you to read the descriptions of these shows where, uh, for basically the last year, we always included links to organizations that fight systemic racism. And uh, as of last week, I updated with links to uh, places you can donate your energies uh, that combat specifically anti-Asian racism and hate crimes and things of that sort, like the... uh, Chinese Benevolent Association for the Elderly or the Chinatown Foundation or things things like that. Uh, you can also find a uh, link to a Government of Canada site on bystander intervention training. Yeah, to, bringing in the bystander. Little things to, little things you can educate yourself about if you are sick of folks being dicks to other folks for no reason. Um, Kate. Yeah. I saw my first honest to God anti-masker at Major Canadian Retailer yesterday. <laughs> No, I did. He, did somebody take them away and put them in a truck? Uh, ultimately, he <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly what happened. We, uh, <laughs> he went to the camp, and we never saw him again. Uh, the th- the thought police came and <laughs> and, <laughs> and took him away in their white their white hazmat suits. Um, yeah. The most heartbreaking part of it. Uh, okay, so things that were not surprising. Uh, he was a white gentleman. Not surprising. He had a sort of uh, buzz cut flat top 
haircut. Like a neo-Nazi? Uh, not quite. A little oh, longer no, like, on the top, but... Like a G.I. Joe. You know, like the undercut that every guy in Toronto has? Like, he had one yeah. of those, but it was a little shorter on the top than maybe it should have been. Um, also a leather jacket. And in a heartbreaking turn of events, a French bulldog. And I was literally watching this exchange just being like, somebody free that dog, please. That, do- <laughs> oh, that dog deserves God. better than, than whatever his life is. <laughs> Someone get that dog. Um... But yeah, I was upstairs and a page had kind of come up saying like, yeah, we get, and we have like some, some former seasonals who have returned who are like maybe new to this. So we kind of got the page to be like, some guys being aggressive at the front. Um, and I was talking with the GM at the time. So basically kind of everybody went downstairs, <laughs> everybody went right. downstairs and just kind of like formed a wall. Like the fuck we will today, sir. And <laughs> I, it really is the same playbook to my surprise. It was. You are violating my human rights, blah, 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 my freedom, my freedom. Um, and our GM pointed out, like, you know, the, the policy we have, the mall has one policy. We have our own policy that says everyone who comes in has to wear, you know, three-ply mask, blah, blah, blah. We will provide one to you if you want. You know, if you don't have a mask, we can provide one to you. It's like, so what you're saying is, like, this is, like, its own little sovereign state. And my GM basically went, yep. <laughs> Good. I mean, it's, it's private, it's technically private property. The second you walk in, like, it's not, you don't, you don't have a right to shop here. Like, nope. we enter a social contract that allows you to shop here. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, we've heard a lot about, um, the ideas of possibly needing like a vaccination passport. Mm. And I mean, I know we have listeners from all over the world. I don't know what's going on in your countries, in your provinces, in your states, um, but I am all for that. I think everyone should have a vaccination passport. I think I don't want to be on a plane with someone who has not been vaccinated for a good reason. Like if you are can't have the vaccine or, um, you know, there's some other circumstance. I think health is really one of the only ones like, but there are people who like my, uh, I have family members who, who are allergic to what's in the vaccine. So they can't, mm. um, I'm, that's fine. I'm not, you know, not, don't want people to be held down against their will if it's going to make them sick or kill them. Right. But I don't want to be in spaces with people who are just like, no, I don't think so. Kate. Yeah. Where does it end, though? Where does it end? You mean... You just you want mean, them to put a chip... I think it ends... Why don't you just put a like, chip in your brain, Kate? Why don't you just yeah, put a chip... So we can, ch- we we can track just, everybody all the time, I Caitlin. I think we should low-jack everybody. <laughs> I think we should just get it over with. I joke about low-jacking my children, but I've been researching, like... <laughs> These watches that basically tra- it, they can only text like mom or dad or like grandma, and they it like you can track where they are and stuff. I'm like, oh, this, this is yes, this is what I want. I don't want them to have a phone because the internet is horrifying, but I also want to know where they are at all times. Meanwhile, 80s baby was getting kicked out the house <laughs> in the middle of the day, <laughs> just being like, come back by dinner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a weird, not fun world, and I read this whole article about all these serial killers that they're not catching because they're not sharing information, like, across the states and provinces and countries, like Canada and the U.S., and I just, I, unfortunately, I'm part of a Facebook group called, like, Missing Ontarians, and so I constantly get these 
reports of the people who are missing. You have any idea how many people go missing a day? Yes, because like, you it, share the links every time it happens. The only thing you do on Facebook no, is post no, Amber Alerts. Not every, not every time it happens. It's usually just when I legitimately think people in my circle could may could, might be able to help. Um, but anyway, so hey, you know, if I posted it all the time, that you literally, I would, I would get blocked. Because it's really sad. And, you know, uh, a lot of people go missing. Anyway, I think that's I think that's where it ends. Um, I'm, um, also, I'm also a proponent of CCTV, though. So, like, you know, people probably think I'm working for the other side. All that is to say, if you really want a button on top, a little cherry, a little shit cherry on top of this uh, human being who came to Major Canadian Retailer, he was there to pick up his order. Kate, do you know what he ordered? Oh, no. What did he order? Oh, my God. It's the Jordan Peterson book. Very good guess. Very solid guess. We all assumed that. Yeah. I'll see your Jordan Peterson, and I will raise you Ryan T. Anderson's When Harry Became Sally, responding to the transgender moment. No. A book that, quote, exposes the contrast between the media's sunny depiction of gender fluidity and the often sad reality of living with gender dysphoria. It gives a voice to people who tried to transition by changing their bodies and found themselves no better off. So, fuck Ryan T. Anderson, and fuck that guy who was buying it, and uh, wear a mask, you fucking imbeciles, and uh, yeah, just don't be shitty. And everybody else, stay safe. Don't be shitty all the time. Don't be so shitty you become a caricature of a shitty person. I think that's really, like, the, the bar you have to set for yourself. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be shitty, come in and yell at, you know, a 20-something who's just, you know, doing her job and trying to make her, like, you know, slightly better than minimum wage job, you know, that she enjoys. She don't get paid enough to deal with your shit. And maybe, maybe, I don't know, get a book by, like, ta Coates or something. Like, jazz it up. <laughs> Don't, yeah, don't be that, don't be shitty know. across the board. Like we we know that's not how it works. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, uh, we can only help, but it doesn't. Uh, somebody come get the whites, Jesus. Huh? <sighs> more fun type of things. Not really news, friends. You need to understand uh, what happens in the production of this podcast is Caitlin will call in. We will generally talk about our lives for like an hour beforehand, and yeah. then at some point. Jordan or Caitlin will go, was there even any news this week? And the answer is uh, pretty steadily lately, no. (laughs) No. And now some people might argue this fact. They may say, hey, I think this thing is news. We don't agree. We disagree. Uh, We either think it is sad, uh, too upsetting, and there's been a lot of upsetting things lately, or uh, more often than not, we don't care. To that end... Uh, let's just, you know, I'll just, I'll just skim uh, deadline here. So, I mean, theoretically, we would talk about um, just HBO going all in on the Game of Thrones universe uh, with like fifteen prequels and, and side <laughs> stories, and you're getting you're getting Dunkin' Egg, and the one interesting one is not getting made. They made a pol- uh, pilot for that Naomi Watts one, then decided they didn't want to make that one. Um, and George getting another dump truck full of money. So, I mean, if you thought in your lifetime, you would see the, uh, print ending of the song of ice and fire. Yeah. I don't know about that. Y'all at this point, it's a, it's a passion project for my dude. <laughs> and if, 
<laughs> he ain't got to. And we know how that works. <laughs> and friends, if you know anything about writing, <laughs> yo, if HBO wants to come up and give you a truck with $35 million in it, and you go, huh, so I had some ideas 15 years ago, and you just want to give me like $15 million for them, have at it. Let me buy a third house for my action figures. Uh, is that a true story? Have you heard that story? No. That George R. R. Martin has like a separate house for his miniatures. Why wouldn't you just get a like a a museum at that point, or like make an addition onto your house? I just don't understand. There's much about George I don't understand. Seems like a wild cat. Um, <laughs> I mean, theoretically, that's something we should talk about. Hey, Caitlin, I don't don't really care. I don't think. I think we're very we're very no assawafsed out. I stopped watching um, Game of Thrones like third season. Yeah, it's when, it's when we entered the uh, it's when we entered the Jordan tells Caitlin what happened in Game of Thrones without any yeah. of the rape or sexual assault. Yeah, and that's I think I made a good decision there. He did you did a very good job. It was one of my favorite one of the favorite bits on this show for for a solid year. Um like yeah. maybe we should talk about that. No, uh, there's nothing else here. Oh, rest in peace to uh Jessica Walters from Arrested Development and Archer and like a very long and story career. Um I didn't know she passed away. That's yeah, so sad. She passed away this week. Um and was really just she basically played Oh, I don't find this is terrible. I don't remember the mom, the mother's name, Mama Bluth. Um, she basically played that character into Mallory Archer. Uh, it was basically the yes. same, two, like shades of the same character for the better part of like 15 years. But she's very good at it and hysterical and and just a joy to watch on screen. So uh, all respect to that queen. Uh, and the only other item of note that I can think of is uh, we got a trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. And I know this podcast has been very on the record lately for being anti-trailer. We don't like trailers. We think they give away too much of the movie. They feed into the hype machine that launches a million blog posts. I already saw, like, at least one thing on the Mary Sue that said we need to talk about blank from the Suicide Squad trailer. No, we don't. No, we don't. I don't we my, don't need to do that. My life will continue if I don't talk about that. It may surprise you to hear, Mary Sue. My life will continue. Your life will continue if we don't talk about this scene from the Suicide Squad trailer. All that is to say, it was a good trailer, though. Um, yeah. This is really kind of a fantastic story. Uh, friends, if you don't recall uh, the details of this, James Gunn uh, made two very successful Guardians of the Galaxy movies for Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, um, some old tweets he had from, I don't remember the year, but they were basically very over-the-top, edgelord, deliberately provocative-type jokes on things like pedophilia and uh, sexual assault and things like that were unearthed, and Marvel uh, cut ties with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, a kind of kerfuffle, the entire cast of... Um, Guardians signed an open letter saying they didn't think it was right. And in kind of a gangster move, Warner Brothers in D.C. went, come on through, friend. You want to direct Suicide Squad? And that's what happened. And he has since also been reinstated uh, after much, you know, 
apologizing and soul searching and whatnot. He's been reinstated uh, on the Guardians franchise, but not before he finished up this the Suicide Squad project, which is what we have now. Which is, I think they're trying to distance the notion that it's a sequel to the last one, but I mean it's got the same characters in it, about half of them. You know, Mar Margot Robbie is back as Harley Quinn. Joel Kinnaman's back as I don't know the character he played, but he's in it again. Captain Boomerang's back. We have some new characters, like God bless. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we do. I'm really <laughs> excited. <sighs> Kate, who's playing Bloodsport? That would be Adrizella. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Ooh, she's happy. Ooh, she's happy. I, 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 that's not who I care about. For his acting. Who do you care about? Um, I care about Nathan Fillion playing Arm Fall Off Boy. Was he even in the trailer? I didn't even see him. Uh, he wears a helmet, so he, he was probably in the background oh, somewhere. Okay. I mean, like, he's definitely going to die in this film. Oh, yes. He's basically doing Captain Hammer again. Um, but you know who's really doing Captain Hammer? Oh, man. What a coming out party for this boy it's going to be. No more playing dads for that dude. Your boy... His time is now, y'all. Oh, my God. He will eat every dick on the beach of Normandy if it's for freedom. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Looking like a fun hang for that one. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it briefly off mic. It it looks like the third Guardian of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians made- of the Galaxy movie. But that's okay. He's basically just taking probably he probably had a he probably had a rough draft of the Guardian script already done when he got fired so he probably just lifted a bunch of jokes from that. But I mean the dude has um, proven that you know he can do ensemble shenanigan action films very well. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure DC was more than happy. This is maybe the first. This could be like the first. Not great, because Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman was great. Um, this could be the second really great DC movie. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. What else are you riding for? La- Birds okay. of Prey? You can ride that hard for Birds of Prey? Oh my god, Birds of Prey was fantastic. Uh, never saw it. <sighs> it was okay, fantastic. Okay, add it to the list. You're, and you're already on probation, which we'll get to in the second half of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, friends. I didn't know. Friends. Oh, oh, friends. Know. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm really just biding time. <laughs> so we're only like 15 minutes in. I just want to jump to the second half now. Uh, but no, this this looks to be great. And they're kind of riding high right now, DC as a whole. Like, I'm not saying that the Snyder Cut is a great film, but I mean, they own the conversation for a minute in a very Marvel-like way. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll talk about it a bit when we get into updates, but like, nobody was talking about I didn't hear many people talk about Falcon and Woman this week. I heard a lot more chat about about the Snyder Cut. Um, and I I feel like I'm fighting myself. It's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Kate. I won't do it. But the one thing I heard, one take I heard about the Snyder Cut was like, Marvel movies are like for the normies. And that's, first of all, that's a phrase I hate. I just hate the notion of normies or the, the phrase normies. But just that the idea behind the Snyder Cut is like, Okay, fuck it. This is for, this is for my real ones. Like, Ugh. 
<laughs> you just That's such gross fucking gatekeeping. We're just gonna throw Granny goodness in the back of a scene and not explain who she is, and just the real nerds are gonna be like, "Oh yeah." That's that's who that is. And that's just like, again, this is now, if that is what it is, and I have not delved, you know I'm not going to delve that deep into it, that's now the, like, supercharged, like, take machine that, like, WandaVision kind of fueled. Like, I guarantee you they're probably now, I think, uh, one of my coworkers said he had watched a, a YouTube video that was basically just like, here's all the stuff that got added. And it took, like, an hour and 15 minutes just to, like, address oh, all the stuff that got added so and explain gross. the stuff Why that got added. Why would anyone watch that YouTube video? Uh, listen, I'd really love to have him on the show one day. He's just <laughs> the most consistent man in the world. Okay, I'm telling you this right now. Unless DC makes a big Barda movie, I don't care. <laughs> oh, I didn't check. I mean, it would have been announced if it was anybody notable playing her, but it's like, if Bart is just, like, chilling in the back in, like, her costume and is, like, never addressed, I'll, that would probably make me very angry. That's um, what I want. I want a big Bart movie. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a sort of feel-good story. I mean, if you don't know why Zack Snyder left, he had a terrible family tragedy um, that forced him to leave uh, production of the Justice League. So, I mean... It might not be what you and I want, but the guy got to come back and finish something he wanted to do, and that's... Well, I mean, that's part's fine. I'm not going to be like, no, he can't. Um, and I don't know why Joss Whedon, of all the people who could be <laughs> canceled, I don't know why Joss Whedon still exists in the <laughs> entertainment industry. Like, I just don't understand. Um so, yeah, like, I'm I'm fine with that. I, it's just, there's something to be said. Yeah, okay, fine. Marvel new movies are for normies who like things like plot and things that make sense and not four hours. Yes, they still at times are too long. But still, four hours is a really long time for a movie to be. Um, and to not have, like, an integrated, like intermission (laughs) just yeah uh so that's fine i just uh yeah i just there's so much about these movies that (sighs) the landscape of comics of dc comics is so vast and there are so many really good stories um, that it's it gets very frustrating watching terrible movie after terrible movie. I mean, and but the hard part is with DC, and this speaks to the DC versus Marvel thing. The genius of Marvel was that they made their characters, they made their heroes characters, right? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't the the drama of Spider Man was uh, not just his, uh, you know, battle with Doctor Octopus. It's that he wasn't going to be able to make his rent. You know, like yeah. Mary Jane's got expensive taste. He doesn't know if he can afford, uh, you know, the the Brooklyn apartment they've they've gotten. Um, that was that was always, you know, the Fantastic Four was really a fa- you know a family drama uh, wrapped in a science fiction conceit. Like you know, mm-hmm. the DC characters got pigeonholed early into just being gods. You yeah, know? they're just too powerful. There's barely a person behind them. Every time you get a person, <laughs> Rip Wally, you know, <laughs> that's what. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's that's what ends up, you know, they just like, oh fuck it, let's just get Barry's gotta be Mercury, so just get you know, bring bring him back. Um 
Justice for Wally. <laughs> Always justice for Wally. Punch Nachi. Punch not. Punch nachos. <laughs> <laughs> You get cheese all over your hands. <laughs> Punch Nazis and Justice for Wally. Um, and Kaim alluded to this in his in his uh, field report on the Snyder Cut. Like, then it's not a new take. Graham Morrison wrote a book basically about this idea that, like, DC is basically, like, the Justice League is the Greek pantheon, basically. Like, it's... Yeah. Um, and that could be a lot harder to <laughs> make a movie about. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, but as we saw with Young Justice, the cartoon... They have some amazing writers. They can do some things with the with the characters. Um, there are ways, and there are recent comics that really, I don't know, do a good job of, I, I don't know, making them more human, I guess. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it's just, it's not even, it's not even the idea of having, like, uh, them not being human or being more godlike or whatever the movies are just not good like the dialogue's not good the i i yeah i just it just it's very frustrating it's frustrating that's slow-mo do do script doctors not exist anymore uh well shabun's off doing picard so (laughs) so no (laughs) um but yeah, that's as far as new as far as news that made us excited this week. Uh, the Suicide Squad trailer was probably uh, the most exciting thing. And also, as we just realized before we went on air, uh, Sylvester Stallone is doing the voice of King Shark. I don't know what type of King Shark they're doing in this movie. He seems to be not all there. Um, hey, it's probably very hard for a shark to learn English. <laughs> Harley Quinn, fun, uh, fun shark, Harley. Harley <laughs> Because <laughs> I've had Ron Funches on the brain. Ron Funches, who voiced the King Shark character in the Harley Quinn cartoon, uh, did fine. He was cool. Yes. Yeah. He He's probably, and I mentioned this off air, um, if you're going to go with a King Shark that is not Mr. Funches, then you really need to do something different. And they did, <laughs> um, which I think, like, good on, good on them. Uh, because, really, Funches, to me, is the only King Shark. And he's got to eat somebody, and he ate, like, three people in that trailer, so. <laughs> well, he's a big guy. He's hungry. Can I just say, what makes me, what I'm so, I think the thing that makes me the most happy about this is I want Viola Davis to get her big comic book movie check in a good movie. Right. Like, her as Amanda Waller is just, I, I, so love, I love that casting, for one, and just her general, like, distaste at everything she's she finds herself in yeah the character not viola davis but just you know the scene with her and king shark it's two seconds in the movie it made me actually snort i was, I was very <laughs> I was very happy with that um yeah you know you know we're anti-trailer hype but uh, we're actually i think we're both kind of kind of into this and kate's gonna mo- make me watch birds of prey later so i'll let you know how that went yeah I mean, you might not like it, but I don't care. That's what makes you watch it. Caitlin. You what? Updates. Um, uh, not much. Uh, more trash criminal minds. <laughs> um, more and more making me want to lowjack the people I love. Um, Sudoku. I'm playing a bunch of Sudoku. Oh, yeah. Sudoku back. 
I dug out I dug out a like Sudoku book I got for Christmas like five years ago. I was like, oh man, I have not done like any of these puzzles, so I just started doing Sudoku um, while watching things. It's great. Um, Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, still really enjoying that. It is so modded. <laughs> uh, I mentioned it on the last episode, but again, just like so many mods. Um, and that's it, except for the thing we watched this week. Mm. Mm. Uh, so we need to have a discussion here. Oh no! Because apparently Caitlin has made a decision, and I wouldn't let her explain herself uh, before the mic was on. Because I asked her again, Kate, did you watch Falky and Winwin yet? And she said no. And that's now two no. two weeks where Caitlin has not watched Falky and Winwin, and I'm a little curious as to why. So when we were watching WandaVision, we had asked our housemates, hey, have you seen WandaVision yet? And they were like, oh, no, we're waiting until it's all done so we can just binge watch it mm. or just watch it in quick succession. And as we we went through more and more WandaVision uh, episodes and every week it ended and every week I was like, no. Um, and then, you know, there was all the takes and it was like you couldn't avoid things and like possible spoilers and blah, blah, blah. I was like, we should have done what they did. We should have just waited until it was over and then watched it all together. Um, and so that's what we're doing. Okay. So for you, the preferred viewing model is the binge. You're not for week to week. You want to get it all. It depends. It depends on the show. There are some shows for sure that I'm like week to week is the way to go. Um, but not for, it's just, it's the level of the take economy. And when you're watching something, um, it's really hard. Like if you look up information, that you see in an episode, if you put in WandaVision, the first thing that's going to come up is the thing everyone is, is is looking for, is trending, right? So even if it's something that is not going to spoil something for you, that you are entering in, Google's automatically like, hey, here's the spoiler. Um, so just even avoiding that, not having to worry about like, like the anxiety of like what's going to happen and coming up with theories and blah, blah, blah. That can be fun. But I just think there's so much coming. <laughs> like there's so much Marvel coming. I just, I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. I will try to keep, I will then try to keep uh, my takes on Falcon and women relatively spoiler free aside from the broadest strokes. Um, I got a little pushback on my takes from last week from the, oh. from the number one the number one fan uh, Kira, who, and I did not mean to say this, and I know I'm not going to say I was misconstrued. Maybe it came out this way that I was saying that it was technically, like from a production standpoint, better than Wandavision. If that's how it sounded, that's not what I meant. Like from a production, I thought you meant that Wandavision was productionally better. Yeah. Like, it's no question. Like, WandaVision um, was, like, trying to attempt something. Falcon and Win-Win is just a, a, a six-out, you know, it's a, it's a Marvel movie. It just looks like a Marvel movie. Like, Yeah. Um, I was going to say big dumb action movie, which it's it's not that. But, I mean, it's a, you know, it's just, it just looks like a Marvel movie. It's got that same kind of, like, gray-blue wash over everything. And, like, everything looks vaguely metallic. Um, it does not have the, the visual pop that or flair that one division had so if 
the impression I gave was that I thought this was a better production than WandaVision. That's not not at all what I meant. Um, Akira did bring up an interesting point that I agree with, um, which is currently, and I'm trying to keep it vague, um, our nominal villain right now is this, you know, the group with the, you saw them in the trailers with the helmets with the handprints on their face. Yes. Um, they call themselves the Flag Smashers, and they're basically, their gist is kind of anti-globalist, like, or, or no, they are, like, no nations. Like, I guess, <laughs> this is where I'm just airing my, air my asshole out. I don't know how much time was given to the state of the world during the blip, but if it was like a Watchmen thing where, like, the world kind of came together a little bit more, that seems to be what they're arguing in this group in Falcon. Falcon and Winter Soldier, that they're, we can't let things go back to the way they were before the blip. Um, right. And they're very, they're stealing like medical supplies to bring to refugee camps and stuff like that. Very Robin Hood. Now, are they being, you know, backed by a mustache twirling, uh, you know, villain? Possibly. I don't know. Um, but Kira said it was prop, Kira said it was flagrant American propaganda. I don't know that I would go that far yet because I think the show is going to attempt to say some things about uh, race and it already kind of has a little bit. Ultimately, the question for me for this show as a whole is, is it going to have the guts to make Sam Captain America? And I think that's the point and I think it will ultimately. Um, And it also, to my surprise, um, I don't know how big a part it's going to play, but I mean, if you want to talk Easter eggs, there's a fun little Easter egg to um, the... Captain America Truth series from a while back, which was introduced the notion of, like, the black Captain America from the 40s, uh, Isaiah Bradley. Um, mm-hmm. They alluded to that a little bit. Um, Bucky and Sam shared screen time in this episode, so, I mean, that's that's preferred, you know? Like, their, <laughs> their antagonistic chemistry was always very good. Um, and it's enjoyable to watch them you feel for them because their whole antagonism was like they wanted to be Steve's BFF now Steve's gone and they're kind of like together just to share that grief type of thing but they both right. are exceptionally annoyed by each other um, right <laughs> so that's that, that's enjoyable and that's when the show pops the most is when they're on screen together um, but yeah I'm not in no way as I'm saying is I uh, in no way am I saying it's better than WandaVision. It's just going to be the Marvel movie. And it's going to be like an Ant-Man caliber Marvel movie. It will be fine. But it's not going to... It's not going to set the world on fire. I don't think. Right. Um, right. And, and I don't I don't necessarily think that was its goal. From everything I've read in postmortems of WandaVision, I don't think it was their goal. <laughs> With WandaVision, right. I don't think... I mean... Even to the point where, like, they didn't expect people to go off when Evan Peters showed up. Um, they they claim they didn't think that was going to spark this huge thing. And everybody expected the mutants to, you know, everybody expected Wolverine to move into Westview, you know, like. <laughs> Which was just so, yeah. It's like, we didn't really think that was going to happen, mm, didn't you? Um, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway. Fucking movement's fine. Um, and yeah, I'll. I'll stick with it um, when I remember. <laughs> I forgot the new episode dropped until I opened the the video tab on my PlayStation. It was like, new episode. I'm like, oh, right. Oh, that, yeah. That happened. <laughs> uh, on the game side thing, 
I feel like I haven't had a, I'm just working far too much for my preference. I don't know how y'all with your 40 hours a week do it every week. Um, but how do you find time for anything else? It's tragic. Um, and, and, and may I give you example A, not posting on Facebook for months at a time. <laughs> I didn't even have any time to really dig into Final Fantasy VII, but I also feel like I'm developing a Gravity Falls thing with Final Fantasy VII where I don't want it to end, so I'm, like, avoiding it because <laughs> I know I'm reaching Aww. I'm reaching the sunset uh, hours of Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. One thing I did dip into was uh, word had it that a waifu game came to the PlayStation 4. I'm not going to try and say the title, but it's a Love Live game. It's a Muse and Aqua game. Um, and it was free. Oh. This is a very interesting definition of free. Because when I think of free waifu game, I think like, you know, School Idol Festival or All Stars, one of these games where you can just play for free and unlock stuff as you play. And, you know, they Flower have... Power Rainbow Squad? Yeah. And then they have, you know, you can grind for free gems or you can buy gems. And that's how they make their money. It's buying gems. This game... I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> they gave you eight songs total, and the only other way to get other songs is to buy them. It's like that's an interesting model when these other games exist. Um, seems yeah. seems like you have shot your foot all the way off on that because who's going to pay for them? And also, who who's going to pay for gems, Jordan? Once in a while, not often. Um, also, playing a rhythm game with a controller. I know some of y'all are out there doing that a lot, but its it made my brain bend. <laughs> but then you can't do tappy-tappy-tappy. Can't do tappy-tappy-tappy. It's shoulder buttons, the down arrow, and the X button. It's very weird. Uh. It's very weird. Uh, also, the graphics are a little too good, but cartoony. I don't know. It's odd. It was a weird experience. I'm probably not going to play it again. <laughs> um, especially when there's only eight songs. But you know, I, I, I attempted that. And yeah, friends, I don't know that I really got into much else aside from the thing Caitlin made me watch. So maybe we put a pin in it right here, take a break, and when we come back, I can start screaming at her about the show. Why do I even do this podcast? I didn't say it was going to be bad, but friends, you're going to have to, I don't know what shape this conversation is going to take, but you're just going to have to come back after the break to figure that out, y'all. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other, which is technically still true because I brought a thing to Jordan. Yes. And that thing, well, well, before we get into that thing, I'm very excited about getting into that thing, as you can tell. Um, we have some rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is the rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts, we are to watch, read, listen to three of those parts. So the thing gets a chance to tr- become the thing is trying to become. Uh, this did come in parts, six episodes in total. We were to watch three of them. Uh, and I believe we both finished the entire series. Oh, yeah. The uh, second rule doesn't matter because Jordan Fuck doesn't it. care about Fuck it. Fuck it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, y'all. Normally, it's hashtag save it for the pod. There was just, I, I'd had enough. Maybe I watched this thing too fast, but I was like, I can't, I can't do it. It's like you're talking to her tomorrow. You're going to, you're going to be able to yell about this show tomorrow. I can't, I can't 
do it. I need to do it now. So I did for one thing. You can do it, and I did, yeah. Um, And then the third rule, which really isn't a rule, it's just a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Okay. Uh, Okay. We will talk about things in the show that will probably spoil it because the show is all about, like, suspense and not knowing and that kind of stuff. So if you were going to watch Equinox, uh, the Danish uh mystery horror something show on Netflix then you need to leave because I'm sorry uh we're gonna spoil a bunch of stuff and normally we would be like we don't give a fuck about spoilers we listen to spoilers and we still watch the thing we don't care type of thing this is a rare moment where I'm going to say if you ever have any intention to watch the show Equinox on Netflix Get out from this yeah. conversation and come back after you watch it. If you have yeah. the time <laughs> to watch this show, because yeah. I'm not spo- spoiler for my general take on it. Like I think it should be watched, but if you do not have a surplus of time on your hands or no one has asked you to watch this show for a podcast, maybe it doesn't you know, meet that criteria. But if you got the time and you want to uh, enjoy the wild out discussion we're about to have, <laughs> Watch the show and come back to us. Yeah. And also, a lot of the time we talk about things that are old or can't really be spoiled. In this case, this is newer. Yeah. It came out in 2020, and it definitely can be spoiled. So, Kate? And, yeah. Tell the people about this show. Okay. I was about to do that, but then I was like, what? What? What did I forget? Um, Equinox is a Danish supernatural thriller a Netflix series created by T. Lindenberg based on the Danish podcast Equinox 1985. The series premiered on the 30th of December 2020 and stars Danica Kierkegaard, I think it's Kierkegaard, it might be Kiersik, in the lead role of Astrid, a young woman who investigates the disappearance of her sister 20 years before. In 1999, nine-year-old Astrid is traumatized by the mysterious disappearance of her sister Ida, together with her school class, who are celebrating her graduation in a typically Danish fashion, which looks like a lot of fucking fun, by the way. That's, yeah, like, they they do it up. Astrid suffers from nightmares and horrific visions following the tragedy. 21 years later, when one of the survivors from the class calls her up unexpectedly, Astrid decides to investigate what happened in 1999. As she begins her exploration of the long-ago events, she discovers a dark and unsettling truth that involves her in ways she never imagined. Okay, I want to start, we're just going to start about all all the things we want to say about the show that are good, that we liked. Go, Jordan. Before anything, I just want to preamble. This program, our show, The Geek Down, Equinox is geek down at its finest. Friends, you listen to Caitlin McKinnon, and you hear the things she talks about, and you say, how do those two even have a show together? What is there in common? She just plays Sudoku and watches old lady mystery shows. Every once in a while, once a season, this woman will come at me with a show I did not even know existed. She digs up some fucking Danish six-episode miniseries about the fucking murderous Easter Bunny. And (laughs) I never heard of it. I guarantee y'all never heard of it. You can Google it. There's like four articles and a Rotten Tomatoes link. Like, nobody talked about this show. It just came out of nowhere. And Caitlin found it. Mm-hmm. And brought it to me. And now we are about to wild the fuck out about this show. And that is P. 
peak geek down. So you don't geek down doesn't mean you watch the Snyder cut and nerd out about, you know, the new gods geeking down is like <laughs> going way the fuck yeah. off the road, which is where we are now. Uh, what did I like about this show? Um, I don't know, but I kept watching it. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I mean, I could just talk about some things that struck me from the first episode. No, no, I, I have a couple things. So uh, the mood okay. is the mood is great. Caitlin said, "Yes." Apparently, Scandinoir is a thing that's happening lately. Uh, it's out. Caitlin watches more Acorn than I do, so I mean, maybe she sees this more. <laughs> well, I would say there's definitely like if anyone's watched Shetland, which yes, is a Scottish crime series but it is influenced very heavily from you know the scandinavian countries because it used to be part of scandinavia if people don't know that um or not skin i know scandinavia is many tech countries but just i'm not sure which one it was um but it's probably danish uh but there was uh and even there's it's not just it's sort of that and then there's um uh, dark that came out which was german but they share a lot of the same elements so yes it's it's become more of a thing yeah caitlin had pitched this show to me and i've seen it written other places that this is like the danish dark and it's not quite because dark was a very much a temporal mind fuck that had a lot to do with time travel and things like that this plays with different eras of time but it's not really like a time travel show like that mm-hmm. um i will say uh I have many things to scream about the character, but the actress portraying Astrid is pretty fantastic. Her job is to basically clench her jaw and be on the verge of tears for six episodes, and she does it. (laughs) She does it very well. Um, I mean, you can harp about the (laughs) lack of diversity in the cast, but Denmark. Um, The general mood and feel of the show, and I think maybe this is one of the things that I end up screaming about is because I don't know that it lives up i don't know what i wanted from the show ultimately um but i didn't feel that it lived up to the promise of the kind of mood it was setting in the earlier episodes yeah but it looks great um even like when you discover astrid as an adult in a small town like that that area she's now living um i greatly like it's fun to see other places and other you know ways of life copenhagen looks like a looks like a fun little place and like kate said apparently when you graduate you get a you get a dope hat and you could just go on a on a booze cruise for yeah it's like a little booze bus um <laughs> provided the easter bunny doesn't zap you off into the netherworld um yeah whoo um yeah, I greatly enjoyed the cast. I greatly enjoyed the acting. I greatly enjoyed the mood it was setting, especially in the first episode where you're like, oh, this is getting real creepy. Um, I don't know that it ever gets as creepy as it sets itself up. Um, it doesn't get not creepy, though, um, which, again, starts leading me into things I want to scream about. Um, Caitlin, do you know what my main takeaway from this program was? What? After six episodes? What? White people can't handle drums. White people can't. Well, we know that, though. <laughs> All it takes is some drumming, and suddenly you are just A-OK drinking raw eggs in the middle yeah. of a field. Yeah. Just all, it's all the drums. Um, mm-hmm. So, friends, we're moving into spoiler territory now. As Caitlin said, the whole thing is based upon this disappearance of this graduating class. And 
you see in flashback repeatedly, which was actually something I know why they had to do it this way, but I found it kind of frustrating. I don't know how you felt about it. Um, they didn't have time to wait for Astrid to find these things out herself. They only had six episodes, right? So they were filling in a lot of blanks with flashback, which meant that we as a viewer figured stuff out way before Astrid and we're waiting for her to catch up. And I found that kind mm-hmm. of annoying and frustrating in the later episodes. Yep. It's like, just, just, just go, just go. Was, for me. Okay. So we're getting into things that we want to yell about. So I'm going to talk about all the things I liked. <laughs> uh, the casting was fantastic. I have never seen so many uh, cast options where like the main character actually looks like the child actor, mm. like doesn't look like completely different. <laughs> Um, the actress playing. That, sorry, I want to shout out the actress playing Ida as well. She was really good. The yeah, older, the, really si- good. the sister who vanished. Um, and the way they age the parents, so good. Mm. Like when you see her mother again. Yeah. It that was so well done. They didn't do the like fake wrinkles and the weird stuff that Hollywood tends to do. They did a really good job on that. Um, they, I loved. The eerie music, the soundtrack, the way it looked, it was beautiful. Um, I'm never looking into a mirror while it's dark in my room ever again. Um, Because I will get snatched, (laughs) I'm sure of this. Um, I I think up to the third episode, maybe second, third, I was like really, um, like I really liked it. I loved that because... They never do this, that Astrid didn't have, like, makeup on when she woke up, and she had to take her mouth guard out. Yes. Like, this was my life. <laughs> the, the mouth guard, like, yeah. The mouth guard and, like, did jump out at me quite a bit, yes. Yeah. And it says a lot and about the, her character. And, and the, like, the massaging of her jaw because of the TMJ. This is my life. <laughs> this is totally my life right now. I was like, I can identify with the character. The other thing I have to point out, um, and this is important to me from just, like, a – I don't know what perspective, but maybe historical or <sighs> their first thing is their dates for uh, the the equinox, the spring equinox um, in 1999, or that or the equinoxes and the solstices in 1999 were totally accurate, which I like <laughs> did, because did you, sometimes did you consult the, the farmer's almanac? <laughs> No, well, I I googled it. The farmer's almanac isn't. <laughs> mine is only for the year of 2021. So, and I threw out my 2020 copy, oh, God. Uh, or I recycled it rather. Um, very important distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, their depiction of Ostara. Like the thing about Ostara is, it is an ancient goddess. They don't know a lot about her. Uh, it's the month of Ostara. Only, was... only one mention in one text, so said Wikipedia. Yes. Um, and uh, and there is the month of Ostara was a thing, and they can figure out actually through linguistics uh, that she was like a spring goddess. It's where the word Easter does come from. Um, and she was a goddess who had to suffer. So very much like... Um, uh, I think it's Persephone, um, the one who ate the like six um, uh, seeds and like had to stay in the underworld, but came back every spring. Like that is very common throughout Europe and um, and and uh, the United Kingdom. So there were like the elements were correct, 
Um, and that I really liked because oftentimes when you've got like witchcraft or um, pagan stuff or Wiccan stuff, they're just like, we're going to throw everything in there. It's not going to make any sense. So up to three episodes, it was like, I was like, okay, this is like making sense. They've, they've taken something and run with it. That's all cool. So, I mean, explaining in the context of the show then what this is. So, basically, in the flashbacks, you see that there are the, – in the in the 90s era stuff, it centers around Astrid's sister, Ida, uh, this boy, Jakob, who she – and this quartet of people, uh, of her friends, uh, Jakob, who she kind of has a crush on but doesn't. Uh, so, the guy, Falky, who plays in a band with Jakob and Ida's friend, Amelia. And – yeah. Jacob, bitch. Sorry. <laughs> Jacob has stolen this, uh, you know, like grimoire, sort of like strange text from someone. We don't know who, but it's flagrantly yeah. obvious within moments where he got it. Um, and it says all this stuff about this island and this ritual that's going to happen. And for some reason, because he has to be, I guess, um, I never quite knew Jacob's motivations. Or maybe he was just being manipulated. Who knows? But I shouldn't have to do that work. Um, hmm. He's very fascinated with this thing that's supposed to happen on the equinox, and he basically drags everybody to go and um, find out whatever's happening on this island um, near where they live in Denmark, Copenhagen, I guess, wherever it is. Um, and that's when they go there, and that's when in episode five we go full midsummer, and it's when the white people can't handle the drums. And yeah, this all has to do with, as Caitlin said, this folklore this bit of uh, European pagan folklore about the goddess Ostara and it's just spring stuff. It's just eggs and rabbits and lambs and the deer and, you know, all the stuff with spring. That's all it is. And birds and shit. But, but when it comes to acting these things out and pagan rituals, you know, uh, the hair King, I'm making giant air quotes, fell in love with a bird. <laughs> Yeah, I like their tale. I like in that there was like basically now rabbit birds. I'm sure it's a great t- it's a great tale. Uh, it's a great tale in and of it. It's a cute little story, but when you know when Jacob's uh, you know swilling meat and watching his girlfriend get banged by a guy with a <laughs> with a rabbit head on, like it's, uh, white people can't handle the drums. It turns out. <laughs> Getting banged by a lepus man in the middle of a field can make things a little awkward with your friends afterwards. Or they can just be dicks. Yeah, and not to say that they handled it, anybody handled it well, but, um, so yes, uh, but as it turns out, all this stuff was kind of set up because the, the hair king is real and he, like, uh, made a deal with, uh, Astrid and Ida's mom because she thought she couldn't have kids and then had a kid and was supposed to like give Ida up, but didn't and made a deal for, uh, Ida's firstborn. And then Ida got pregnant. And I read a take that said she got pregnant from Jacob, but I thought she was pregnant from mystical hair King. Um, I, what do you say? I don't know. I, I thought she got pregnant from Jacob. Okay. And that's, and like, this sounds really ridiculous, (laughs) but this is, but this is like a folklore, the way that like, the early Greeks might think of something. I think the, like the impregnation of both like fought and that that's why she had the miscarriage. I, yeah, I don't miss something. I don't know. There are many things I feel like I missed in the second half of this show, but 
and th- and this is we're going to talk about the second half because there are things in the second half I was really angry about. <laughs> uh, so basically, that's what happened. You know, the the your your uh, the mystical folkloric uh, god deity whatever was promised a tribute or a bounty. He ain't get it, and then uh, kidnapped everyone but Jacob, uh, Falca, and Amelia. Let them stay, and then, you know, whisked everyone else off to uh, a strange orange land with, um, you know, put their face, put them in trees type of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And should also be said, Astrid starts having visions or traveling to that place as a child, which fuels her. Now it's moving into things that I uh, did not like about this show. I can't speak to, I have never had my sister vanish after uh, she got kidnapped by uh, a mystical hair king on her graduation day. So I can't speak to the level of single-mindedness at the cost of everything else I would dedicate to uh, finding out what happened to her. You have a child, Astrid. (laughs) Yeah, she does not give a shit. You have a child. (laughs) I think, but here are the things. I think it's fine to make her a terrible mother. I think that's fine. And maybe that's, that's, and maybe I just, maybe that was my thing. Maybe I didn't, maybe I thought she was, cause they do kind of present her as like, and maybe this is a credit to the show. They do kind of play her as like super sympathetic early on. Yeah. And then by but the end of it, you're says, getting flashbacks of her. Like she fucking killed a kid. <laughs> like, like she, they talk about like, she even says, I thought when I had my daughter, everything would make sense. And it doesn't. It makes even less sense. And she's suffering from all this crazy trauma. And no one's actually been able to help her with it because it's magical in nature and not, uh, you know, not just emotional slash mental in nature. And the one person who actually knows what's going on and could provide any insight is the worst fucking human being on the planet. Let's talk about Lena, shall we? Okay. Uh, Lena is the worst. And it's just like, it's fine if he's going to capture you and probably murder you. Just find Ida. This is, this is Ida and Astrid's mom who, um, is like, you know, made the deal is making, making all these, you know, she's like the fucking Glen Gary, Glen Ross of, you know, the pagan folklore. She's out here making all these, (laughs) closing all these deals for, for newborn babies and shit. And, and then it's like, oh, well. That didn't quite work out. We lost Ida. So, uh, spare daughter, let's traumatize you irreparably. Yeah. And hypnotize you and, uh, you know, and send she's you. such a bitch to her when she, even before you know any of this other shit, like the first time you see her, she's just so passive aggressive towards Astrid. Give a fuck about Astrid. Yeah. <laughs> Until she needed her. Um, yeah. And also it's, it's. Again, like you said, it's okay for Astrid to, you know, not be likable or – it's not even like a likability thing. Like it's – this goes back to another thing that made the show, I guess, I guess interesting to watch where it's like I have a thing sometimes that I don't – I don't know. It's – I find it difficult to watch a show where, yes, there are mystical things happening, but your main character is acting by any definition insane. Right. And to villainize someone like the father who like I did I did give a little like oh my god when they were when it was clearly the, the like you know estranged husband and the father were like teaming up to commit her again. Yeah. Um 
was like, oh my god, but of course you would do that. <laughs> like, yeah. her dad finds her, like, beautiful minding all these, like, pages on the ground and, like, making him okay. listen to backwards tapes and stuff, like... And this is this is the part. These are the parts that frustrate me. And this is kind of more of a genre thing, um, and it's falling into these like tropes or traps. A one movie where taking your medication is a good thing, because all we need is more <laughs> media telling people not to take their medication, oh and my it's bad for God. you. And that's and that was the thing about like it was interesting that they did this. It did not do Astrid any favors as a character. But, like, you know, she's being convinced by Lena that she's not, you know, her dad doesn't understand, and she's special, and it, it turns out she is, because there's fucking Lepusman wandering around, but, um, <laughs> you, you know, but, like, you know, the meds, you want to find Ida, don't you? Well, you, need, you can't take the meds or you won't be able to go to the cave. And she tells this other kid who she meets in the, you know, the clinic that, like... No, it's fine. We're not really sick or crazy, you know, whatever. And then the kid takes her word for it, doesn't take his meds, and ends up dying. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they tried to to make that point. Like, this is not a one-size-fits-all solution for mental illness. Like, but, but it's so common in stuff, no, either I, yeah, sci-fi or fantasy. Or It's just like, no, if you take the meds, they stop you from seeing the monsters. One time, I'd like them to be like, no, if you take the meds, you can, like, see things cl- more clearly mm. and not do a crazy beautiful mind thing and that's, then like connecting dates that don't really have anything to do with each other and like have her be involved in some other way she doesn't have to have her birthday on the autumn <laughs> right. equinox like it does it's you know maven is not supposed to be part of this tale here um so there's there's that um this idea of like Having these pieces that don't really fit together, um, but we know things as the audience. Yes. And that is – I there's just a better way to do that, I'm sure. And then having your main character – okay, we live in a world where we have, like, a lot of media. There's a lot of, like – you can Wikipedia basically, like, anything. <laughs> you can Google it. Um, she could find out a lot of information about this. And, like, there is probably some sort of coven of witches who could have given her a hand. They could have been like, here, we'll explain some of this to you. Be careful of the, like, the hair king. He's probably also known as the green man. In some cultures, he's the devil. Like, just watch out. Then, can we just talk about one final we'll, – we'll talk about this final thing. Hmm. The ending. <sighs> so, Astrid gets I... her hand <laughs> – let, let me just explain what it is first. Astrid gets her hands on the grimoire. She goes to fucking Romania to get it. Sure, a little jaunt to Romania. And this is video game storytelling. I've heard this talked about when it comes to, like, the last Star Wars movies and whatever. This is video game storytelling where it's like, yeah. go to do a thing. Your princess is in another castle. That's all it is. You know, she gets some answers from Falca, but, you know, with the last second, uh, you know, my brother left a letter for, you know, Jacob left a letter for you before he killed himself. Well, it's got a return address in Romania. Well, guess I'm back on the case. And then finds finds Amelia. But Amelia doesn't really know anything, and she's now, you know, Sibel <laughs> out in her, out in her little, you know, Romanian convent. Bitch. When she's not lying or screaming through the middle of the night, it's a lot of screaming yeah. in this in this show. Um, but she finds the grimoire, uh, and basically, it's basically their high school teacher is the hair king. Um, which I mean, 
I didn't know if they were going to go that far. I mean, he was clearly the one in the ritual. Uh, that was fairly obvious. But and, as far as him... And during being... that scene where there was the fireplace and she was in the guest bedroom at their house. Oh, yeah. And she has a straight sex dream for... <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was my first take. They're like, oh, this is going midsummer, isn't it? Like, this is just going to get real yeah. freaky sex shit before, before we're done here. Um, but she kind of realizes through stuff that... Um, well, it was the bus driver of the trip who uh, hadn't disappeared but was, like, in a coma for a bunch of years and not himself when he reemerged. But then, like, Falco jumps in front of a train and that means and he wakes that, up. Which doesn't... Why? <laughs> right? Uh, if you could give me, like, a good explanation, I'd be like, okay. Something about, like, he, like, because there's been one sacrifice. I don't know... But like real fast and loose, but she gets the grimoire. Yeah. She finds out or gets, you know, the bus driver tells her that, you know, Henrik is the, the hair king. Uh, so she goes back to his place and gives him the grimoire. And then, well, okay. So were they there when she went back to his house? I might've missed that part. I was at, I was at work watching it on my break. Cause I was um, like, I have to finish I, this whole thing. I was playing Sudoku sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, so For whatever reason, Astra goes to the Island. Henrik's there at the little yeah. altar, uh, hands him the grimoire. And then, she becomes Ostara and decides that instead of going back to her young child, she just wants to wander off into the ether with Henrik and the spirit of her sister. And and then all the, and the kids, the kids came back, didn't they? Yeah. But it was like, but it was weird. But were they, they were I, I couldn't old. tell, were they old? I couldn't tell if they were aged or not. I thought they were aged. I thought they were too, but I read something else. I read, you know, immediately I was like <laughs> Equinox ending explained into Google and <laughs> Found some column that said they weren't aged. They were just walking kind of like out of it. Um, and it was a good looking shot. They were walking through this field, basically, you know, yeah. leaving walk, you know, whatever they stepped on, leaving a trail behind them. It was a good looking shot, but then it just ends. Like that's it. Yeah, that's it. And I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? I was so angry. <laughs> you think anime is the only thing that does that. <laughs> Apparently the Danes do it too. <laughs> I just I, they pillage, they rape, they settle in weird Hebridean islands, and then they do this to me with TV shows. Good lord! Um, <laughs> I just could not get over the fact that, again, and maybe it's just like you know, maybe you are supposed to flip your opinion of Astrid as a character as you go along, but like you have like a four-year-old and you decided this was the solution, and maybe there was no other way out of it because of whatever. Who were her parents? <laughs> They say she was. I, they say she wasn't Ida's real sister. Yeah. And she goes to Lena, and Lena just lies because it's what Lena does. And then she accuses her dad of the same thing, and the dad doesn't really like admit anything. Basically, just says, "I am, you know, I am your father." But Lena says, "You know, you were given to us when you were like two weeks old or something." Like, who, 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 yeah. what, why? Who, is, what, why? Is, is the hair is the hair king like trafficking in babies? Yeah, maybe, like, what maybe. is going on? And if, if, if Ostara runs in the blood, what's up? What's up, Avira? Is that Equinox yeah. season two? Like, not that this show needs a season two by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and I hope. No, unless you're going to explain some shit. I frankly hope it doesn't. Um, I think if you're just going to leave it like that, fuck it. Be gangster and leave it like that. Um, yeah, friends, even though as excited as I was to yell about this show, I don't know that I can fully do justice to what just the, the overall watching this thing over the course of two days. Something compelled me to keep watching, obviously. But yeah, 
And same here. I like would just let it roll to the next episode because I was like, I was interested, and it it was really it was smooth and gorgeous, mm. and it sounded eerie and like fantastical. It and I liked that. Definitely set a mood. But I was disappointed in the second half of the storytelling. Yeah, it's definitely. If we had both watched the first three episodes, we would probably would have been like, "This is great. Everyone should watch it." Over mm-hmm. the course of the week, we would have finished it, come back the next week, and gone, what the fuck was that? Um, yeah, I know. I was so upset about the ending. So, yeah, kind of kind of boofed the ending. But I don't, like I said at the start of this conversation, I don't know that that means y'all shouldn't watch it. But I don't think it demands moving up your queue to any. If this sounds mildly interesting to you as you've been listening to this conversation, I mean, we're still leaving stuff out. It's definitely an you can't undersell just the moodiness of this show. It definitely pulls you into a certain vibe. Um, yeah. Very effectively. And it should be commended for that, but just <laughs> when the whole shit started, when you realize that like Astrid's hypnotist is, uh, you know, <laughs> leading the charge in the, uh, in the pagan ritual, it's like, Oh, we are going, we have to go someplace weird. And it's not like gory, like midsummer, which frankly, I will never watch. I've, the the Wikipedia synopses of Ari Aster movies are sufficient for me. That's all I need. <laughs> yep, same, same here. I'm not watching Hereditary. I'm not watching. I'm not no, watching Midsummer. Like that's that's good. No, I'm I'm cool. No. Um, but it's never as gory as that. It's definitely a weird vibe. And like, I think this is just me in general. I think paganism just makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Maybe I'm too Catholic for it. Maybe it's because I, I was, was raised about Catholic. To say, it's but... probably a Catholic thing. Um, well, there's like paganism is it can be, you know, it's it's about darkness and it's about light and it's about a time where it was very like nature was a whole force that humans were always having to like. It's not like now where you can be in your house and never go outside mm. like you were outside like all the time. <laughs> um, and so that kind of stuff's really interesting. And there's a lot of like blood and guts and gore and sex and all of that because that was all part of life back then um very like you know viscerally um so yeah i could understand how it makes people uncomfortable and then there's also but there's they never depict like paganism or or wiccans or witches or whatever in like a nice way (laughs) you've either got like harry potter where everything is like over the top or you get lots of drums and sex and you know the slaying of small animals. Um, so yeah, I could I can understand why it makes stay, people uncomfortable. Stay away from the drums, white people. You can't handle it. You know what? It either makes people do weird rituals or makes people get dreads. So in either case, <laughs> stay away from the drums. Either way, um, kick punches. I don't question mark. Umlaut. <laughs> I don't know what to give this. Uh, you said a very solid seven about Shin Godzilla, and I kind of want to give it that as well. It yeah, it, it's it's a it's a seven all around. If you watch this f- first three episodes, it's like a nine. Yeah, if it had stuck the ending, it would have been one of the probably one of the best things we watched on the show this year. But that the yeah. the last three episodes, it all just kind of falls apart. And maybe that was a length thing. Maybe they only got six episodes, so they didn't quite. It's also the first time I've heard really of a podcast being adapted into a show. So I mean, who knows how that how that what that sort of thing is like, but y'all 
it's it, it's there. It's buried in the bowels of your deep red end. I don't even know how. How did you find it? Were you told about it? Did it come okay, up on your homepage? No, no. This is what happened. What what had happened was, I was looking up information about the equinox because I was wanting to tell Chris about something that I wanted to get it right. And as I was looking up equinox, um, because we just had the equinox, um, this thing came up, Equinox Netflix. And I was like, oh, what's that? And then I was like, oh, it's a Danish TV show. I was like, that's kind of cool. So I started watching the first episode. And I was like, oh. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. This looks really good. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it to Jordan. We haven't watched it. It's a newish thing, right? It's under six months old. So... I was like, that's cool. Or is it, uh, I guess, yeah, about under six months old. And I was like, we were trying to bring new things to the show. We both like dark. Um, and I was like, okay, let's do it. And that's where it came from. Secret Origins, y'all. Like I said, this, this, it's pe- this is peak geek down because you have not heard about this show. And there's probably, probably the only podcast that ever discussed it on Spotify right now. But, <laughs> whew. You're you're glad it was us, friends. That is Hot going, takes. That is going to do it for us this week. Speaking of Ostara, how very topical. Speaking of Ostara, Easter and whatnot, that's next weekend, y'all. So we're going to take it off. What? Yeah. Because we're tired. <laughs> and we have drums to play, and we e- know how that goes. Equin- Equinox wiped us out. Yeah, and you never know. I might pass a street drummer in the middle of the street, and you won't see me for six weeks. Uh <laughs> Uh, they never saw Jordan again. Friends, we hope you have an enjoyable Easter. If you are in a situation where you can see friends or family in this pandemic life, just be safe about it. We're, they keep telling us we're almost through it. I want to believe we are. And we will be back in two weeks. We hope you will join us then. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us after Easter for a, another amazing fantastic fucking fabulous episode of the geek down podcast it should be just us singing that should be the intro to the show tiktok tiktok kids don't realize they don't, how much they better, have no idea how much better it was with when you only had six seconds. <laughs>